All right, my friends, ladies and gentlemen, a very, Recording in progress. very warm welcome to Daily Power Parsha. Today is Wednesday, November 3rd, 2021, and we are talking exclusively about Lamas and Hanukkah. No, we're talking about the Torah portion of Toldo. Okay, pregame, we were talking about that, but you have to tune into the pregame show. That's the way it is, right? That's it. And now everyone in the podcast is wondering, where's the pregame show? Something. Yes, we talked about the Braves. We talked about the Braves, yes. No, 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 no. Don't worry. No, don't worry about it at all. We, we, we talked about it. We celebrated. We did a bit of a, a, bit of a dance. We didn't do a dance, but we could have done a dance, and we were very excited. Joy, are you a native Atlantan? No. Yes? I am not. You are not. I'm a native from Montgomery, Alabama. Got it. But I would imagine Montgomery, probably the Braves are the local team, right? I mean, the Braves have been your team for a while or no? No? We were all into football. So Got it. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Yeah, Roll Tide. Good. All right. Um, okay. But the bottom line is that the Braves winning is a good thing. It's good for the Jews. Why not? It's good. It's good for everybody. Anyway, um, good. So now let's jump into the Torah portion of Toldot. So we're in the middle of an interesting part of the narrative. It kind of feels like, you know, there's like a lot of exciting narratives. And then we got the well issue. Like the issue about the wells. And it's like, uh, let's get back to Asa and Yaakov. Let's get back to like hunting and studying and like controversy and selling birthrights. Let's, but nonetheless, the Torah reminds us of how important it is to know these, um, the, the story behind the story, the story behind the characters, which we discussed yesterday um, about the idea of well digging, is the idea of, 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 of seeing the beauty inside cultivating the nurturing and cultivating the beauty from within, clearing away the schmutz, clearing away the, the dirt on the outside and allowing the beauty to emerge. All right, two different modalities. One says, oh, that's not beautiful. Let's make it beautiful. The other one says, no, there's beauty inside. Let's cultivate it. Right, seeing potential in that space. We sp- spoke about the earth, how the earth has amazing, immense and incredible natural resources. And our job is to cultivate that within ourselves, within others, to look at the other one with a generous eye, with a loving eye, and say, hey, I see you got great potential. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't say that to somebody, but, but uh, you know, because that implies that you don't see beauty right now. But, but we should always look at, at each other with a very generous and positive eye, which takes us to reading number five as the saga of the deal, the covenant, the agreement, the peace treaty between Avimelech and Isaac, Yitzchak, is signed. So just to reset, Yitzchak, there was a famine in the main part of Canaan, the land of Canaan, the soon-to-be or later-to-be land of Israel. A famine breaks out. Isaac heads over to Gerar, where the Philistines are kind of located and headquartered, because there was food apparently over there. And Abimelech is the king and sister, wife, okay, that whole stuff. But then ultimately, the king, Abimelech, says, hey, you got to move away. It's not good right here. You're on top of us. He moves away. He says, everyone's getting jealous of you. He moves away. Then there's issues with the local shepherds claiming who owns the wells. He moves further away. And at that point, after he moves for the third time, so Abimelech meets him and says, hey, let's put bygones, let bygones be bygones. Let's make a deal. Let's make a covenant. Let's make a treaty. And that's it. So this is where we're up to. Chapter 26 of Genesis, verse number 30. So he made a feast for them. He, meaning Isaac, Yitzchak, made a feast for them. Avimelech and his officials and his pichal, his general. So he made a feast for 
these guys, and they ate and drank. What could go wrong? They had, a, they had a party. They made a deal. They have a party. And they arose early in the morning. And they swore to one another. What did they swear to one another? They pledged to respect and to, uh, um, and to, to respect and preserve each other's space. I'm not going to infringe on you. You don't infringe on me. I respect you. You respect me. We have a nice treaty. We have a nice a nice agreement in place. Peaceful relations. Good. And Isaac escorted them. And they went away from him in peace. That's great. All right. Happy ending. They went away from him in peace. Everyone was happy. And it came to pass on that day that Isaac's servants, that same day that they made the, the agreement, that same day, Isaac's servants came and told him about the well they had dug. Again, always digging wells, Isaac and his servants. So they told him about the well. And they said to him, we have found water. Matzanu mayim, we found water. And he named it, here's Sheba. In the Hebrew, it's Shiva. Shiva. Therefore, the city is named Be'er Sheva, or Be'er Sheba. I guess Sheba, Sheba, right? Be'er Sheba, the well of Sheba, the well of Sheva, until this very day. Why is it called Sheva? Why did they call the, or Shiva, why did they call the well Shiva? So let's see if we have some commentary here. Rashi says, because the covenant, because of the covenant, Shavua in Hebrew means oath. So the, the, they had just made a covenant, and this was what happened. They found water right after the covenant was, was set. And the covenant essentially said that we're going to leave each other alone. So the, the well officially belonged to Isaac and that was it. No one was gonna. No one was gonna start up because they had just made, they had just made an oath, a pact. They had just made a covenant. In Hebrew, the word shiva, or shavua, means oath. And that's what they had just done, making oath. Okay, let me just check in. Does that make sense? Am I am I uh, explaining this coherently? Yes. They called the well shiva because of the oath. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Good. And let's continue. Back to Asaph. So we just finished, <laughs> by the way, I just, I just want to emphasize this. I said this before, I'm going to say it again. This verse ends everything we know about Yitzchak. That's it. If you want to know what he did in his life, that was it. That's all we know. Oh, we're going to learn soon what happens to him about his son taking the blessings. You know, Yaakov taking the blessings that he had earmarked for his other son. That's what happens to him. The binding of Isaac happens to him. The wife finding happens to him or for him. The, 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 the blessing, stealing, or taking whatever happens to him. What does he do? That was it. We just read it. He dug wells. He made an agreement. He dug more wells. He celebrated. Okay. The life and times of Isaac. Yes, Ray. Don't forget to unmute. Ray, don't forget. Ray, don't forget to unmute. You got to unmute. Did, did I unmute? Yeah, you're good. Yeah. yeah, we can hear you now. Am I looking at a different well named Eset? That was, yeah, it was last time. That was yesterday okay. or two days. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> no worries. Right. That was a well of contention. Yes. That's when they fought. Because that was before the pact. That was when, you know, there was still a little uh, tension between Yitzchak's people and the local people, and then Avimelech the king says, look, let's put all this behind us. Let's make a deal. Let's make a pact. You live here. We're not going to bother you. We'll live here. You don't bother us. 
That's it. We love each other. Great. Sure. Un let's eat. Done. They found water. It's theirs. It's all theirs. They just made the agreement. They have now. They have agreement. They have a contract. It's it's all Isaac's. Shiva, Shavua, oath. It's the well of the oath. Be'er Sheva, which by the way is a city, right? Be'er Sheva. Yeah. Till this day, Be'er Sheva. Now let's jump back into the text. But you'll see that the story of Isaac, his life and times, is done. Yeah, his name will still be mentioned. We'll still have stories related to him. But this is not stuff that he's doing. Stuff that's happening to him. Just, just FYI. All right. Back inside. Um, and Asav was 40 years old, and he married Judith, Yehudit, the daughter of Be'eri the Hittite, and Basmat, the daughter of Elon the Hittite. So this is very important. I need to mention this. Asav was 40 years old when he got married. Who else was 40 years old when he got married? You remember? Isaac, right? Isaac. Isaac, his, Isaac. his dad. Remember who loved who? Isaac, the dad, loved Esav. Esav, the Talmud says, I, and I need to emphasize this. Esav, he did a lot of bad things and, you know, complicated guy. But one thing that he excelled at, a mitzvah that he excelled at, was kibbut av, honoring his father. In fact, the Talmud says, a great rabbi once said, I thought I honored my father, you know, well, until I read about how Esav honored his father. Ho, ho, I could only dream to live up to that. He and his dad were super tight, and he honored his father immensely. He was also a little bit of, uh, you know, trying to present a better side of himself than maybe he really was always. You know, he trying to, like, you know, make himself look better in his father's eyes, but he valued his father's perspective on him. So he gets married like his dad. His dad got married at 40. He gets married at 40. But, of course, a bit of a different context because... You know, his father had other reasons why he waited till 40. He was just kind of copying that thing. And who does he end up marrying? I'm going to share, share with the screen again. He marries Hittite girls. He marries um, Judith, from uh, the daughter of Beeri the Hittite, and Basmat, the daughter of Elon the Hittite. So he marries Hittite girls. Who are Hittite girls? What does that even mean? The Hitti. Hitti in Hebrew. Hitti were one of the local Canaanite peoples. So, whereas his father married someone not from the local populace, right? Remember, they found a girl from, you know, the other, the back home, the old, the old country. Asav marries the locals, which shows us that even though he waited till he was 40, kind of like his dad, he married the idolatrous, he married into idolatrous families. Are you with me on what I'm, what I'm saying? So he, he took like the external part of it, oh, 40-40, but he didn't really heed the actual type of, girl that his father maybe would have approved of or he married himself. All right. And they were, oh, and the Torah clearly says this. And they were, these daughters-in-law were a vexation of the spirit to Isaac and to Rebekah. Yitzchak also was not happy. They were a vexation of the spirit. Why? Because uh, they were serving idols. Yeah. All their deeds, Rashi says, were to provoke and, and to grieve. Why? In other words, they, they, they were just, uh, yeah, they, they just made the in-laws not happy. Um, Isaac and Rebecca were vexed. Why? For they worshipped idols. These daughters-in-law were idol worshippers. Yeah, Joy. Sometimes, um, uh, just lately, it, it hit me, thinking about your story yesterday about the kid that acted out, but yeah. that the teacher took him. Why didn't they work with Esau? 
He, so, so Isaac tried. This is, this is what it comes down to, the way it's explained um, in Kabbalah and Chassidus. And Isaac tried. And that's why he wanted it. The next narrative, which we're about to start, is the story of the blessings. He wanted to give him the blessings. He, wanted, he, he was trying to work with him. He really was. He was trying to you know, keep on giving him second chances and third chances and giving him more opportunities and more responsibilities. And I'll give you a blessing and maybe that'll kickstart you into gear. He tried. At some point, Rebecca, the wife, the mother, says, hey, it's not going to work. We got we to gotta move to the next kid. We got to get, Is- we gotta get um, Jacob the blessings. And then hopefully when, when, when Esau is ready to come around, you know, his brother will help him out. But it, this, this is not, it's not working. This was really at the core of the, the debate, if you will, between the two parents. Dad felt, let's, 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 let's keep on investing in him. Mom said, hey, let's, let's, let's pause. Let's shift our attention to the next kid. And then when he comes around, they can, they can team up together. And that's Right, wrong. I'm not. I'm not jumping in on this, but that's the way it's explained in uh, in, in in the thought. But I like the way you're thinking because I, I, it's a, along the lines of what we said yesterday. It's a very important. It's very important that we don't give up. I, the biblical stories have a lot to teach us, but if we're being honest here and just for ourselves, it's very important that we never give up on someone, on a kid, on a loved one, on a relative, on a stranger. Let's not give up. Right, let's take that message. You know, how this story plays out, this is how it played out. And, you know, people are people. But let's do whatever we can to always see the potential and not throw in the towel and say, hey, the, you know, label someone as, you know, the troublemaker or, you know, just out, out, out of the, this, 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 the, the sphere of uh, that. That's not that's not where we want to be. All right. Let's jump back into the story. Um, so Isa gets married. The, the wives are not uh, not so kosher as far as uh, monotheism. Okay. Now we skip to the next. N- n- skip. Now we're g- we move on to the next story. This is the big story. This is huge. Genesis chapter twenty-seven, verse number one. It came to pass when Isaac was old. So this is fast forward a number of years. Isaac is now old, and his eyes were too dim to see. He was not able to see. And he, that he called Esau, his elder son, and he said to him, My son, and he said to him, Esau said to his dad, Hineni, here I am. Hineni, by the way, I've mentioned before, is a beautiful response. When someone calls you and, and calls you to attention, you say, Here I am. I'm fully present, ready to go. So father calls son, and son says, Hineni, here I am. Esau loved his dad. That is without question. And he said, the dad says to son, Behold, now I've grown old. I do not know the day of my death. So he's clearly pondering his mortality. So now sharpen your implements. That means get your weapons, hunting weapons ready, your sword, and take your bow and go forth to the field and hunt game for me. So he's asking his son, the hunter, to go and hunt some animals for him and make for me tasty foods as I like. Don't hunt for sport, hunt for food. And make for me tasty foods as I like. And bring them to me. And I will eat. In order that my soul will bless you before I die. What's interesting is, dad says to son, uh, Isaac says to Esau, I wanna, I want, essentially, I want to bless you. Before I bless you, go out to the field, hunt some food for me, prepare it as I like, and I will eat. And then I can bless. 
So immediately we see something interesting. The blessing is tied to food. Why? You can only bless on a full stomach? Like what's, what's going on here? You can't bless on an empty stomach? Yeah, like uh, swimming you can only do on an empty stomach, right? But blessing you can only do on a full stomach? How does that work? So, <coughs> look, uh, the commentaries discuss this. I'm trying to remember what the commentaries say. I remember learning some really compelling ideas on this. But one thing that comes to mind is, you know, a, a physical, being okay physically helps us be in a good spiritual state. Sometimes we think, you know, we can neglect the body and we'll be okay. And the truth is, we have to take care of the body. The body is the vessel for the soul. So when the body is in a good spirit, it's easier for the soul also to be in a good and positive It doesn't mean we should indulge to the point that we forget about the soul, right? Not, not, we're not suggesting material indulgence to the point of detriment to the spirit, spiritual part of ourselves, but healthy, healthy care of the body is good for the soul. There's a Yiddish expression that translates as follows. A small hole in the body is a large hole in the soul. In other words, a small crack in the body becomes a, big, a bigger problem for the soul. If we neglect the body, it's not good. Along these lines, they tell a story of a chassid who... Um, was a chassid or not a chassid? Eh, probably a chassid. Anyway, this guy would, would sleep in the Beit Medrash, in the shul, in the synagogue. He would study Torah all day and he would sleep on the bench at night and that's, that's, that's how he lived. And he clocked hours studying and praying every day. That's all he did. Well, he got sick and uh, he was on his deathbed. And he said to the people around, he said, I regret sleeping on a bench because it took a toll on my health. Right? I regret I would have traded all of those hours of Torah study and sleeping on the bench, whatever, all that commitment I would have traded for one more day to put on tefillin. One more day to be alive, you know, to live a little bit longer for even one more day to wrap tefillin, to that mitzvah wrapping tefillin one more day. And the chassidim said about him, you know, later, it takes someone to sleep on a bench for 40 years, yeah, to appreciate the value of one day of tefillin. Like he could only say that when he's in that spiritual state. It's a, so the point is that it's good to take care of the body and take care of the soul. So this is what's going on. But Rebecca, back in the narrative, but Rebecca overheard when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son. Rebecca overhears the conversation. And Esau went to the field to hunt game to bring it. So meantime, so Rebecca hears Esau, who's been told by his father to go hunt and bring back animals and cook them. So he's now out doing his job. So Rebecca immediately says to Jacob, her son, Behold, I have heard your father speaking to Esau, your brother, saying, Bring me game. So she, she repeats to Jacob what she heard dad say to the older brother. Dad said, bring me game and make me tasty foods and I will eat and I will bless you before the Lord, before my death. So she says, that's what happened. And now here's the plan. And now my son, she says to Jacob, hearken to my voice. Listen to me, to what I am commanding you. I'm not asking you. I am commanding you. Do this. Go now to the flock, not to the wild. Go to the flock, like the pen. And take for me, no hunting necessary, right? Easy pickings. And take for me from there two choice kids, kid goats, and I will make them tasty foods for your father as he likes. Get the animals, bring them to the kitchen. I will make the meal. Let's go. Yalla. And you shall bring them to your father. After I make the food, you shall bring them to your father that he may eat in order that he bless you before his death. That's the plan. Esau is now hunting animals from scratch. We got the animals. I'll cook it. You go in. Chick chock, you'll get the blessing. Jacob says to Rebecca's mother, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. 
Mom, I love you, but wait a second. Behold, my brother Esau, Esau is a hairy man, whereas I'm a smooth man. He's a smooth operator and physically smooth, right? So his brother is hairy, he's smooth, and he says, that's going to, yeah, dad can't see, but dad can touch. Perhaps my father will touch me and I will appear to him as a deceiver. Not, well, not appear. I mean, I'll be busted. My, right, the whole ruse will be exposed and I will bring upon myself a curse and not a blessing. Like, if dad touches, reaches out to give me a hug and he feels my skin, he's going to know I'm not Esau, that I'm Jacob. And he's going to say, why are you here? I sent your brother. Are you pretending to be Esau? Pretending to be Esau and then I'm going to get a curse and not a blessing. I don't like this idea, he says, basically. Or I'm concerned about this idea. And his mother said to him, like only a Jewish mother could, on me is your curse, my son. Hey, if there's any, I'll take your curse. Stop it. Don't analyze too much. I'll take, if there's any curses, I'll take them. Just listen to my voice and go take them for me. Just go, just listen to me. Don't overthink this. If you get cursed, I'll take the curse. You'll be fine. Just listen. I'll take the blame. In other words, I'll take the blame. If, if this thing gets exposed and the thing blows up, I'll cop to it. It's my, it was my idea. You just went along with it. I'll take the blame. Just listen to me and go get those animals. So he went and he took and he brought them, the animals, to his mother and his mother made tasty foods as his father liked. Now for the next piece of the ruse. So now the, the food is prepared. Last piece. And Rebecca took the costly garments of Esau, her elder son which were with her in the house. And she dressed Jacob, her younger son, in the garments of Esau. So Esau had fancy schmancy garments that he had stolen after he killed and murdered Nimrod, the king. Anyway, long story. Long story, convoluted story. Not convoluted. A long and involved story here. But he basically murdered a king and took the special clothing, a special garment, whatever. That was his fancy clothes. So Jacob quickly sneaks, or, or, or Rebecca goes into his closet, Esau's closet, pulls out the, the garment, throws Jacob in it. There you go. And the hides of the kids, right? There were two kid goats that were prepared for food. While the skin, she put on his hands and on the smoothest of his neck. Basically, any exposed, right? Any exposed um, skin, she puts this uh, fluffy fur on his arms and on his neck of Jacob. And she gave the tasty foods and the bread that she had made into the hand of Jacob, her son. So now he has the food, he's wearing the clothes of his brother, and he's wearing hairy, furry skins. And he walks into his dad's room. And he came to his father and he said, my father. And he said, here I am. The dad says to his son, Hineni. Right? Jacob says, Abba. Aviv, father. And the father says, ever present, here I am, Hineni. And then he says, who are you, my son? Who are you, my son? He's suspicious already. The voice doesn't sound, doesn't sound exactly the way Esau would sound. So he says, oh, wait, oh, who are you? Jacob says to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. That's what Jacob said, right? I am Esau, your firstborn. Ay. By the way, Rashi says, no, no, no. He said, Anoichi, who am I? I am I. Esa Becherecha. Esa is your firstborn. In other words, you could, you could put a, a period here. He, so, who are you, my son? I am. Esa is your firstborn. 
You see, you see how that could be uh, split? So he's not exactly lying, but he kind of is at least misleading. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. But Rashi says it, so I'm quoting it. Yeah. who I am I. Esa Bukherecha. Esa is your firstborn. Okay. I have done as you have spoken to me. Well, he didn't speak to him, but whatever. Please rise. Sit down. Please. Now he knows for sure that it's not him, right? Please. I mean, Esau loves his dad, but he doesn't, he speaks a little bit more gruff, a little bit more rough. Please rise, sit down, and eat of my game so that your soul will bless me. He says, please eat so you can give me the blessing. And Isaac said to his son, how is it that you have found it so quickly, miss? How'd you get the food so fast? Huh, he's so suspicious. And he said, oh, because the Lord your God prepared it for me. Oh, well, that's the clincher. Because God allowed me to be successful very quickly? Come on, Esau doesn't speak like this. This is, there's no way this is Esau. And Isaac said to Jacob, please come closer so that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son, Esau, or not. He's like, I need to, hold on, get over here. I need to, are you legit? Because you're saying, please, you're saying that God helped you be successful. Like, there's a lot of language here that is not standard Esau language. So Jacob, you can imagine his heart is pounding. Jacob drew near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him. Father felt son, and he said, wow, the voice is the voice of Jacob. You're talking like Jacob, but the hands... They feel like the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy, like the hands of his brother Esau, and he blessed him. Who would have thought that goat, hairy goat, <laughs> kids, uh, you know, whatever skin's fur could do the job? But in this case, it did. And he said, are you indeed my son Esau? Again, this is like the third or fourth time he's checking him. And he said, I am. Ani, I am. I, I am. Again, you could parse that anyway. And he said, okay, fine, all right, serve to me that serve it to me that I may eat of the game of my son so that my soul will bless you. In other words, give me the food and I'll eat it and I'll bless you. And he served him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. And his father Isaac said to him, please come closer and kiss me, my son. Give me a kiss. And he came closer and he kissed him and he smelled the fragrance of his garments and he blessed him and he said, behold, the fragrance of my son is like the fragrance of a field which the Lord has blessed. You smell like the field. Remember, he was wearing Esau's clothing. So you smell like the field, or some say you smell like Gan Eden, like the Garden of Eden. I, it seems like he knew something was up. But nonetheless, that's the, how the story goes. I apologize. I have to run. I have another commitment right now. I'm going to elaborate more on this tomorrow. We're going to have, sorry, not tomorrow. Tomorrow we're off. Friday. So we have a cliffhanger with a, with a, day, with a day break. Cliffhanger. We're going, to deal, we're going to talk about the aftermath of the story, what happens, the blessings, the fallout. Conclusion, we'll deal that with the half Torah, and I'll also give some more insights into this reading. Okay, let me check in with you guys. Make sense so far? This, yes. is, this is drama. This is pure, pure, pure drama. All right, good. We'll pick it up in two days. Don't forget, tomorrow is in-person JLI. Please join us with bagels, cream cheese, and lox. And also, tonight, Torah studies. Don't miss this. 7.30, whose land is it anyway? On Zoom and in person with Babka. Don't say I didn't tell you. Babka, live and local. All right. See you guys. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Rabbi. Pleasure. Great to see you.